Guess what? We're back, but we're still in Atlantic City. I got the opportunity to sit down with the man, the myth, the legend, maybe even a mad scientist, Mike from Tony Baloney's. We had a great conversation, everything talking about wholesale mozzarella to his crazy creations to smoking jerk chicken in the back. This man is a psychopath. There's nothing he can't do. There's nothing he won't do. Huge motivation. Gonna get you fired up. Mike built his business in a house surrounded by absolutely nothing. He talks about the struggles of being open and turning that one shop into an empire. He speaks on the blowback of some untraditional toppings and creations that sometimes not everyone understands. Mike is a trailblazer, somebody that doesn't care too much about your opinion and does what he wants. It shows in his food. We had two slices right after the pod and both were incredibly delicious. The creations are like none other. The ideas are out of this world. The work ethic is insane. He's making his own cheese, his own sauces, and pressing his own oil. Mike cannot be stopped. It was incredible sitting down with him, sharing some time with him, and really the most important part, the Wu-Tang Clan. Ladies and gentlemen, Wu-Tang forever. Mike from Tony Baloney's, I hope you enjoy. Thanks for doing this. Of course. I'm very it's a excited. Pleasure. I'm very excited. Uh, usually just kick it off with, uh, what attracted you to pizza and who ultimately taught you how to make it? I've always liked pizza. Yes. I was the kid in college that would be late night eats, buffalo chicken ramen noodles out of a crock pot, just random shit, I'd make it. Um, so I was always that kid. And in high school, I liked to cook for myself. Growing up, my grandmother used to make everything, everything, and I just was into it. I always liked pizza. I grew up in Freehold, New Jersey, where Federici's is, which is like a super thin 1950s bar pie. I mean, cracker, cracker, cracker thin. That's like my all-time favorite pizza. So I just always liked pizza. I was never like into pizza, like hardcore into pizza. Yeah. But then I opened Tony Bologna's, and that was the first question. The second question was... Who, who taught you how to make it? No one taught me how to make it because no one would teach me how to make it. And when I opened the spot, it was two feet construction workers at then Revel Casino. And they were going to open MGM before that, which didn't happen. They opened Revel. We were going to rent this place out to a bodega serving frozen shit to construction workers. And then all the bodegas were like, nah, we don't want to do this. I said, fuck, what are we going to do? Let's open it up and serve frozen shit to construction workers, honey buns, toilet paper, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And I, you know, me and my buddy Nick opened it up. Uh, my father, we, we just had a convenience store. It wasn't my main business. I was here like once a month, maybe, once every three weeks. And then um, when Ocean or Revel went out of business, they stopped construction. They lost all their money. I was like, shit, like, what are we going to do? Let's start serving food to people, real food, not frozen shit. And anybody I had working for me. I was like, all right, so like, you know, let's make our own dough recipe. We're buying dough or we're making our own dough sort of. And they're like, nah, we're not teaching you shit. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, we gotta start making our own dough. I wanna start doing things genuinely. I wanna yeah. like, make it our own sauce. Like, to call my food supplier, how do you make your own like tomato sauce? No, oh, you don't wanna do that. Just buy like pizza sauce. And you put in water and it's no big deal. I'm like, no, how do you make it? Great you don't advice. want that shit. <laughs> how do you make mozzarella? They're like, yeah, you gotta buy curd. I was like, all right, well, how do you make curd? Like, you don't make curd. 
I was like, someone makes curd. You can't make curd. I was like, I want to make curd. How do you, what do you need? They're like, oh, you need milk and you need rent it and this and that. And I was like, all right, well, can I buy it from you? They're like, man, we just buy the, just buy the mozzarella. So I'm not even going to sell you curd. I was like, you know what? Fuck you. Get out. And I kicked all my suppliers out. Yeah. I fired all my employees. One guy stuck around and I just taught myself how to do everything. That's pretty insane considering that like- It was my full business. I wasn't like, yeah, I was in Bushwick and I was in Chelsea. Doing what? Were you doing restaurant stuff? No, no, it was totally different businesses. Well, it's interesting because as we sit here today and this started out as like, you're selling frozen shit to construction workers. Totally and now you shit. have like your own Buffalo mozzarella and your own olive oil and you know, all for wholesale. Yeah, we, I mean, wholesale mozzarella, wholesale olive oil, stuff that we harvest in Sicily, that yeah. we manufacture, we bring it over. Uh, a whole mozzarella factory in Atlantic City. Yeah. We have a commissary. We make all of our own sauces, all of our own recipes, the whole nine yards. So it's kind of like the polar opposite. But when I started doing it, I was in Bushwick, I was in Chelsea, and I was like, I'm coming down here once a week, once a month. And it was like twice a week. Then I was down here four or five times a week, just getting involved and getting interested in it and like really just wanted to do it almost out of necessity because yeah. there's no business around. But then I was like, oh, I actually like this. And I like making shit and I like cooking. I like, you know, doing different things. And my mentality since day one has been like, if I can make it, I can buy it theoretically. Yeah, you know, to I've a, heard to you a say degree, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, is, which has gotten me some jams before with like production and just going overboard with equipment. Yeah. And you know, oh, I'm gonna fucking, you know, whatever. Spent a lot of money on that kind of, of course. you know, some big lessons, but that's my mentality. If I can make it, if I can buy it, I can make it. And, you know, we go to far extents to- Yeah, day. I mean, you're flying to Italy. Like we're smoking ribs in the back right now. Yeah. For our, for our lock like, cabin like in the creeper back, pizza. Back, yeah. yeah, lock cabin creeper pizza. And also the uh, piney surprise from Jersey. Pineys are like the Pine Barrens. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a derogatory term for someone that lives in the Pine Barrens, but I'm from Jersey and can, I yeah. love people from the Pine Barrens. And yeah. So it's called a piney surprise. It's like a smoked eight hour baby back barbecue rib pizza. And so, so like, could I buy baby back ribs? Yeah, of course. Could I like, would it be easier? Can I, can I, yeah, fuck yeah. it. Easier. <laughs> I know, oh I'm my just God. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. <laughs> but you know, after, after a certain point, you know, there's so many layers and fabric to like what we do and who we are and yeah. the organization and the amount of locations, like it just kind of becomes like, well, we're doing it. So there's no turning back. Where's the commissary? Atlantic City. Okay, so the commissary is in Atlantic City. Is do you are you still doing all your dope production on site at all your places? That's all on site. Yeah. That's like the next step after it would be to centralize dope. Okay. But in reality, you know, not that it's centralized, but we make a poolish mm -hmm. every day in each store. We then take at least like four dough balls, sometimes more, depending, from each store, and we pop them to the other shops. So everyone gets a dough ball from everyone's dough, and we cycle that into the dough batches. Okay. So it's kind of rhythmic at this point. Yeah. So everyone gets a little taste of everyone's stuff. And yeah. There's a little bit of funk that goes around. Yeah. You know, but if we centralized it, it would just be probably a little more consistent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I guess like. But I don't even care about the, the you know, the, the variant. The consistency outliers are almost like the nuance of the store. Yeah, of course. So it's not a, it's not, to me, it's like not a huge Not issue. every store has to feel exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, exactly. Do you, are all this, are all the menus the same? 
all the menus are the same except for Long Branch, which is Pure Village. Yeah. And they're basically a summertime, we go crazy, it's slices, and they're just a heavy, heavy slice shop. Okay. So in the wintertime, we scale back and we just do slices and like a couple subs here and there. Okay. But um, not the full menu, not crazy salads and subs and everything. It's just too much. Okay. And we're so slow down in the wintertime, it's not worth Yeah. Doing and that. you probably see a pretty big drop off after Labor Day. In that store, yeah, yeah that store, it's yeah. like you're, it's like. You collect your nuts during the summer and I mean, like, you don't close like, anything during the, like, during the winter, like do you? flat earthers, you know, yeah. like you're going to go off, the, you know, you're going to just fucking go off the, yeah. the edge in the wintertime. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. But with that being said, you know, it's a good store in the summertime, keeps us busy. My manager there has been this since day one, uh, does a kick-ass job and he holds it down and the wintertime he gets slim. Down here, we're surprisingly busy all year long. That's good. It used to be more seasonal, AC, yeah. which is weird because I feel like AC in general used to be a little less seasonal when we first opened up. Yeah. But it's it's like, you know, the city could be dead, but we're busy. Yeah. And we keep busy. That's People good. know to come to us. And, you know, Wu-Tang tonight is in town. So this place was packed out all day long. People going to Wu-Tang concert. Where are they playing? Wu-Tang and Nas bore a call. I wish I would have gotten tickets to that. Get tickets right now. They're like 35 bucks a piece. All right. Wu-Tang tonight. I'm going tonight, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, look at the menu. We have the Shogun Shadow Boxer, which is an ode to Wu-Tang. We have the Shaolin yeah. Assassin Wings. You should have got them in to, here, dude. You know, I, I try. Inspected dick. I've tried. Yeah. But it's tough. Yeah. They're on tight schedules. I'm and, sure, I'm sure. Like, you, like, Yeezus came to town, like, Yeezy Tour. Yeah. Back in the day. Like, yeah. We catered his whole tour. Oh, nice. Like, when he was here, not his whole fucking tour. Yeah. But, like, you know, his, his whole tour buses and everyone. But to get them in the shop, like, literally the concert ends. And like they're off and running, it's fucking wild. Yeah, they yeah. sleep at night on the bus while they drive. Like it's a whole the schedule is probably yeah. real tight. So even like a lot of people that come to town, whether they're performing artists or comedians or celebrities, like usually they're under the umbrella of a casino. Yeah, and they're handled by that casino, yeah. and all the attention when they're in town is on that casino. Yeah, so to get them to come over, like their handlers do. They'll pick up food to bring back whatever, but like to get yeah, they're not in coming the shop. Right. Yeah. yeah, which there's obligations to those casinos. Yeah, you don't fuck with the casinos. You don't fuck with the casinos. <laughs> so for me, it's like it's not the biggest thing to yeah. try to wrangle someone. But I genuinely like Wu Tang. I could sing, you know, their whole entire Thirty Six Chambers, all of Iron Man's, you know, Liquid Swords album, yeah. Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard back to back, Method Man. Method Man and Red Man, you know, so like I'm I'm pretty Wu Tang, Wu Tang fucking hardcore, you know. So it would be fun to have them in the shop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'd be but a with fun that being show. said, they're fucking busy guys. Yeah, so no doubt. Right. Let's go back to the wholesale. How yeah. the hell did that start? Was that something you always wanted to do? I mean, that's something honestly that I'm trying to figure out as is that, we speak. Is this Still, like a newer thing? Yeah, like okay. the olive oil wholesale, no. Like I've been doing olive oil in Sicily for 10 years now. So 10 years ago, me and my buddy Vincenzo, he's from Sicily. I met him in high school because he protected me from getting my ass kicked. Okay, that's a good friend In the lunchroom. Yeah, amazing. Like little Sicilian guy at the time. He's not so little anymore. Little Joe Pesci. They were throwing like food at my table. And he walked in the first day of school. Like he barely any English. Said, what's going on? Like why are these guys throwing shit? I was like, ah, it's okay. Like you can sit and eat lunch with us. And then like he grabbed me by the back of my shirt and brought me over to their tables, like, you do this again, someone's head's getting thrown in the sink, like, you know what the fuck he's <laughs> talking about. So we started doing Alvo like 10 years ago there, uh, defunct piece of land, and then we 
uh, linked up with a vineyard who also did a lot of olive oil. We started doing production with them. And uh, so we do that. So that's kind of like a, an easier thing. Okay. Like we hold FDA license over there yeah. from the vineyard. Like it's a little, for us, wholesale mozzarella and all the other stuff we're getting into is a little bit of a learning curve. So we're still trying to figure that out. Okay. It's a different animal, like from retail. And from, you're, yeah, and you're doing, are you doing all of, are you doing that yourself? Do you have a distribution company or that's like canning all, all your shit? It's all, it's all the stuff all, that you're doing in the commissary? I mean, but in reality, should I be working with a distributor? Should I be working with someone that distributes mozzarella products? Yeah. We're just a little different. Like, like our new mozzarella coming out is called like Heathen Mozzarella. Yeah. And our brand is Mad Mutz, you know, yeah. laboratory with crazy psychedelic shit going on. Yeah. So like the distributors that I know of are like hardcore Italian and we're, you know, Italian distributor and like we pride ourselves on keeping Italian, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I'm, I'm an eighth Italian, I'm Jewish. Like my favorite food's Indian food. Yeah. So a lot of times my product mix doesn't fully line up maybe with what they want. Like well, we tried getting to Italy years ago and they were like, Tony's farm table. I was like, yeah, have you seen our jars? They're fucking dope. Like the Art Deco, some dude, you know, sowing wheat, you know, with the city behind them. And the whole vibe was that, you know, people were getting left behind the industrial revolution and we stick to our values and we do shit by hand. And it's just, you know, and they were like, yeah, no, like, is it from Sicily or Italy? I'm like, well, that's not. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't fucking deal with that. It, so it's, a, it's different. It's a little, you know, there's probably a, a niche yeah, that we well, can get that a lot of those distributors don't focus on. Okay. But I'm well, sure there are that do focus on that. You're, you're, well, it's different, which is exciting. Yeah. I mean, but look, if we can step into your, step into your dojo of your menu, your menu is yeah. fucking crazy. Like, crazy, you know what yeah. I mean? Your, your creations, I think I saw a post that you posted. It was like that monster fucking pepperoni. Yeah. It's on the counter. I, and uh, it had 27,000 likes. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. It's and like I, that, and, that and video, I think as of today, I think it's at like thirty million views. Yeah, I was gonna ask you how many views that thing had. That, no, just like one day. Yeah, it's thirty million on TikTok with Devour Power and a few other like people that reposted it. Yeah, I mean, and it's pretty crazy. The, do you? I have so many questions, up, guys, about this. You guys good? Do you need help? Yeah, we're all right, man. Thank you. All right. So many questions of kind of about around this this topic, but. You know, going back to like the traditional thing, is that something that like you, like, there's probably people that like look at your like food and be like, that's not traditional. Like, what is what is this guy doing? You going to Pizza Expo tomorrow, right? Yeah. Okay. So my experience going to Pizza Expo in Atlantic City or Vegas is not one that I enjoy. I walk around with my name tag flipped over. When my name tag flipped the other way and it says Tony Bologna's, yeah, I get approached by twelve dudes from, I'm just making up a name, Lorenzo's yeah. Pizza. Yeah. And I'm at a booth talking shit with Mike Kurtz from Mike's Hot Hunter yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Uh -huh. Just bullshit with Paulie G. Yeah, yeah. Talking about hats. Oh, you're from Tony Bologna's? Yeah, I seen your shit. We've been in business for 30 fucking years and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's good. That's that's cool. Yeah, well, you know what? Like, you, you know, Indian food on pizza or like fucking tacos or some lame shit. Okay, well that's cool. We we keep strict and we have traditional Italian and my grandfather, I'm like, that's fucking great. Like, get the fuck out of yeah, my like, face. Like, yeah, I don't I don't I, I didn't care. Ask you. Yeah. This is great. Like good for you. Like I probably would enjoy your pizza. I probably love your pizza. I'd probably be your customer once a week. I eat other people's pizza. 
all the time. Yeah. I love pizza. So just leave me the fuck alone. And you can eat my pizza or not. And if you come in my shop and you didn't know me, and you know anything, and you told me you wanted some specialty shit, I'd probably lie to you and tell you that this is my grandma's Sicilian recipe and I give you Indian tikka masala pizza and you fucking love it. Mm -hmm. uh, you otherwise be talking shit. And then you eat it. Oh, it's fucking amazing. I'm like, ha, ah, gotcha. Yeah. Like that happens. Like that happens. Well, people you know, are so like, they, they fear what they do not know. But yeah. it's just like, it is interesting because like, you're, you're, you're like, when you, when you go against the grain, yeah. you know what I mean? Like people have a problem with it, especially it's weird in the pizza community. It's pizza. It's supposed to be fun. You know, like everything about your brand yells fun. Yeah, it yells fun pizza. It. Well, I want to enjoy it too. Yeah. Like I want to eat what I like to make and what I like to eat. I want my customers to understand that. You can get pizza anywhere. You can get regular pizza anywhere. Yeah. You can get a cheesesteak everywhere. Customers just in today, like an hour ago before you guys came. And the lady's like, um, could you do build your own sub? And I said to her, we will do whatever the fuck you want, but you can go to a fucking bodega and yeah. get a cheesesteak that they pride themselves in. Or you can go to classic, you know, AC sub shop or whatever it is, and you can get an Italian sub. Like, we don't do that. We can do it, but we want you to catch the Holy Ghost. We want you to fall on your ass. We want you to, holy shit, this is the best sub I ever had. Not like, oh, this is a good cheesesteak. Like, that's, you can go anywhere and get, that's a good cheesesteak. Yeah, that's so not the aim me, here. That's not the aim, which sometimes bites us in the ass because people just want a sub tray with turkey and cheese and Swiss and ham. And they want to do a $5,000 catering order to a corporate building and we're just like, I mean, we can do it, but don't expect to your fucking, you know, your socks knocked off. I'm not, I'm not gonna make our own roast beef here. Once yeah. it's on the menu, I'm not gonna do that. So I'm gonna buy. Next week you're gonna be making your own roast you know, beef. You know what I mean? Like in, in Hoboken, Fiori's, they, they fucking specialize in this homemade roast beef. It's hot, it's rare, mm. with their homemade fresh mutts on a sub. Like it's fucking mind blowing. Yeah. It's amazing. Bianca Mono Hoboken, these guys like they specialize in that kind of shit, I don't do that. Yeah. I do different shit though. Yeah. Like we have a Jamaican jerk uh, mozzarella that we just started making for our Jamaican chopped cheese beef patty soap. You know, like yeah. that's that's what I want you to taste. Yeah. You may not like it and they may not be your speed, but I think you'll appreciate it. Yeah. You'll be like, oh shit, like this is some fucking wild stuff. Maybe it's not your everyday meal too, which I don't want to be everyone's everyone everyday meal. I mean, I think it's important. There's a, like you said, um, hundred pizza places, but there's like only one Tony Bologna's, you know? It's like, it's it's how you stand out, Yeah. you know? Um, how do you come up with these creations? I know that it's like, it, it comes from like past experiences you've said, or just like you eat something and you're like, I'm gonna make this into a pizza, but it's like, like where the fuck do you even start? Like, didn't you, did you have at the time, uh, like a ramen crust pizza? Yeah, we do it like once a year, a couple weeks a year, yeah. but it's basically ramen crusted pizza that we take dry ramen, we take wet ramen, fresh ramen. Uh, one's Korean, one's Japanese. I think the fresh one's Japanese, the dry one's Korean. Um, we take some of the spices from the packets if it has that. We then have like 30 different things that I bought at a Japanese market, Mitsua. I don't know any of them. I can't pronounce any of them, but I was like, yo, these all look ridiculous. I would check the ingredients, make sure there's no fish in it or whatever, just yeah. for customers. And then I would taste them. I would kind of figure out a recipe and we would put that in the pizza with some scamorza and mix it all up with some sauce. We make a crust out of it. We take boiled, you know, soft boiled eggs. So we're running in the middle. We put them and boil them in a shoyu broth and make it on a pizza and then cut the slice and you'd have a slice of Sicilian pizza. 
The brown man crust. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like this insane idea, right? And so then to execute it, you know, like even like the genius of like the taco pizza, you know, like one, it's beautiful. It takes a great photo, but it's like, how, how do you, how do you, how do you like maintain that? Because that's like, that's a lot going that's on. Lot. And so then like, how do you train all your people? I'm and, vegan too. That's crazy. So, so the thing is like knowing restaurant, knowing stations, like, could you do it from the pizza station? Like theoretically, yes, you could do it from anywhere, but like you got to set up a separate station and everything needs its place. And I don't come from a culinary background at all. I don't come from a cooking background. I never had a job other than Starbucks in college that I was fired from. So like, I don't know corporate, I don't know hierarchies. I just kind of know what we do. So for me, I do know you need a station for that. You need to separate out that process because we do it every single day, all day. Like that's the third type of pizza on the counter today Yeah. for the slice, you know? Mm -hmm. So to execute that and get it out to a customer, you can't take an hour at a clip. Like you could, there's some places that do like, you order in advance, the pizza places that, oh, we, 30, every 30 increments, like people do that place in Philly does it. Yeah. To me, it's not sustainable as like a scalable business. For yeah. What we do anyway. So for me, like you need a station for it. You have to execute every one of those ingredients and everything needs a recipe. Everyone needs the job and everyone needs so that that pizza can come out and it doesn't take an hour, two hours. And it comes out the same every time. It comes the same every single time. So because. And we still have to make it though. We still have to make it from scratch. Yeah. We still have to do all of it. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not opening up a bag. And going, I'm not buying pre-made shit. That, yeah. That's the other like piece of my puzzle, which is tough sometimes. Like I just won't buy pre-made stuff. So if you ever see a can of something, it's gonna be like sauerkraut, maybe. Okay. You know, you're not you, you do you use canned tomatoes? Uh yeah, okay. Jersey Jersey fresh canned tomatoes. Nice. So we do roast on tomatoes in season, but then you can start getting towards the end of the season. Yeah. And what you're getting is heirlooms and other things that are kind of off. You're getting Jersey tomatoes that may be um you gotta alter in certain ways. And honestly, like we make our own stuff to properly execute a crushed tomato. If it's not cooked down for like marinara sauce, it's difficult. I'm surprised like, you don't have your own, your own tomatoes, your own crushed tomatoes. 7-Eleven like kills it. Yeah. You know, Scalfani, yeah. Jersey Fresh Tomatoes, I think they kill it. But there's certain companies that do a really good job at it. Yeah. So over the years, like for our sauces, like all of our marinara sauces, like we make it with Jersey tomatoes. We can it, you know, jar it, whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I've reached out to companies too in the past, like Bumblebee, they're a massive packer for everything. Yeah. Some other tomato companies. And I was inquiring about it because apparently like Paul G has his own tomatoes. And I was like, does a packer making them special for you? Are you just slapping your label on them? Like he's a fucking wizard. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so, you know, he has some wizardry going on behind the scenes. But to me, it's like, to do that, I don't know if it's if it's worth all the effort. And behind the scenes, we're making everything commissary. So it's not like we're lining our our shelves with like canned tomato sauces. Yeah. Well, I did, when I told my That's wife, yeah, I mean, it, my wife always said that Jersey tomatoes are the best. You know, I agree. And so that's uh, why all the packers that do Jersey Fresh. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to find a bad one. And you find out some brands that are like pizza sauce brands, old school, like, and they just use Jersey tomatoes, and they're good for what they are yeah you know yeah but like i, I love 7-eleven i think it's a great product yeah pizza magic or tomato magic like yeah i use tomato magic in, in 7-eleven yeah, like they're, they're good products for me there's just a little bit of an acidity difference there yeah for sure. for sure like there's more acidity in the jerseys 
they're a little tighter. They're not as loose. And, you know, it's just there's little nuances. Yeah. Like maybe a customer can't tell. I can tell. Yeah, most likely a customer can't tell. Probably not. When you add a new item on your menu, especially one that's probably extensive, yeah. like the fucking bone-in sandwich that you have, does, does that go on every menu? Does it go on one one store's menu first? Like, how do you implement those kind of changes? So someone who's like a director of operations out there is going to be watching this and they're going to be like, oh, this guy needs fucking help. Like, <laughs> let me, let me, let me like hop in there and consult him or something. Honestly, I'm not kidding. I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit things that I don't know. Yeah. You know, like I'm not a bookkeeper. Yeah. But you, have, you imagine you I'm have not, an accountant, right, though? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not like... The, the you know a great manager or director of operations but we figure out our own processes we do our own thing but like if it goes on a menu it goes on all the menus yeah and I have to figure out a way to maintain freshness yeah reduce waste obviously distribute to all the shops to make sure it's consistent and if I'm not distributing to the shops making sure that everyone's prep is on point so they understand exactly the expectation because that sub we sell a shitload of them yeah and that sub is not an easy sub to execute it's no. not something that you just slap on. Everyone's, oh, you fucking slap on the thing and you pull it out. Like to get it to that point, you have to remove the sinew. You have to maintain the structure of the meat. You want to keep it as close to the bone as possible. You need to then roast it in the oven uh, and get the meat to basically fall apart. You don't want any weird shit in there. You got to make sure the meat is all more or less the same ounce quantity on it. You have to then hold it properly. Then you have to hot hold it on the line so that you can easily execute it once the order comes up. Yep. Plus the cheese whiz that dehydrates that we make in house, Cooper Sharp, Jesus. American. Like, so between all those things, it's so many fucking moving parts. That one sub, it consumes a lot of bandwidth. You yeah. Know? So you get on the menu. I mean, the way it starts for me is that it's the idea. You know, the money's like secondary. Yeah. The money's like the, the last part of it. Like, what's the idea behind the sub? What what do I think if we ever sell, but like what would I eat? What would I get excited about? I'm gonna do it. Yeah. There's no like, there's no turning back. It's not like a, let's test it out for a little bit and like see what happens. Like, no, we're gonna fucking figure it out. Yeah. I will expense the alphabet, A, B, C, D. I'll expense it five fucking times before I give up. Yeah. And we're gonna find a solution to it. How do we get it so we can make the sub? And what do we need to charge so we can make money on it? Yeah. So we start. How to much it. does that sub cost? Thirty-five bucks. Yeah. Which is not. It's not the best margin. It's not a great. I believe it's it. Not a, it's like a steakhouse. Like yeah. a steakhouse is charging you sixty-five, eighty-five dollars. It's costing them fifty percent. Yeah. So they're making a nice nut, you know, on their net, but it's not like a food cost. Like you can't run your food cost fifty percent. No. You know, and no. I'm like, you can't do that. No. Right. So like, if that was the only sub I sold, I'd be in big fucking trouble. I think. Yeah. I don't have alcohol either. Is that but, something that you would want to get? Yeah, really? I looked into it before. Yeah. But I need good management to make sure that they understood that side of the business. You know, not that I don't have good management. I have great management. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, in a whole other beast. It's a different animal. Yeah. Me. And maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe I look too much into this shit. Well, would you, would you be like, I mean, dude, you get into alcohol, you'll be fucking distilling your own whiskey. That's the other problem. You know I what I mean? Like, yeah, it. you'll just fucking bottling your own beer. Well, I, like, we work with the guys sometimes at uh, the brewery up in Jersey City. Um, Oh, what the fuck's the name? Of course, I forget the name of it now. Fit by a Jersey City shop. You know, the guys from Hoboken Brewing Company. Um, but all those guys over the years, like every quarter, they'll reach out to yo, we're doing a collab, like let's do something, or, let's do something together. And then I have to remind them, like, I don't have alcohol. Like, oh shit, like, you can do something with a brewery. I'm like, I know, but. Is it, it ex nice is it expensive? No. No? No. 
I mean, yeah, liquor license is expensive. Yeah. Like, but like Hoboken would be like 300, 350. Thousand? Yeah. Yeah. Liquor license in Jersey City, probably the same here, maybe a buck fifty. Yeah. Long Branch, I think I have a shared license in the complex. Margate, probably the same, 350. Are all the, so are all the shops about this size? The whole footprint is around a thousand square feet mostly. Yeah. This shop is two thousand square feet. Okay. Hoboken's about a thousand. Do you own this land? Yeah. Yeah. You guys bought this house? That's the only reason why we're in business to this. Yeah. Land. That's if amazing. I, if I didn't own the land, I'd be out of here. I'd be out of business in six months. Yeah. If I had to pay rent to someone and it yeah. just, the economics wouldn't have worked in the beginning. Did you, did you, do you own any of the other land that your stores are on? The mozzarella factory. Yeah. And this, that's it. Okay. All the other stores are rent. Yeah. When you were, when you decided to expand, was there a plan of like how many stores you wanted or like, did you, do you, is there a plan now for how many you want? I mean, yeah, like, now, now I have a plan. When I first started opening and expanding, it was more like, you know, opportunistic of like, well, Mark, can use this? Or like, we would do well here. And that was the first like inclination. And then everything else, try to put those puzzle pieces, like where they fit or maybe where they don't fit. Yeah. Whereas now it's, we're a little more focused and we have an idea of, you know, demographic and, who we're going after and who likes our food or yeah. appreciates our food. And, and I'd say that everyone doesn't, everyone, you know, but who's our, our core customer and what things that we do different than other places that, you know, make us stand out and yeah. what numbers we can afford with overhead and projection. So it's a little, for that a little more focused. For that expansion, did you have like uh, franchisees or like any investment or was it just like, yo, it's, it's. No, that's phase two. We're, we're, we're ready for number two now. We're, Let's open phase, up number we're, three. We're still in phase one. Okay. Phase two is is more along what you were just talking about. Well, let's talk about it's that. All, it's all self-financed and it's all okay. internal, which sometimes is tough. Yeah. Because it's just oh, me. Yeah, you're just, it's well, just you, me. you're digging holes, you know so, what I mean? Yeah. It's just, you know, you're grinding it out and you're trying to get a store off the ground, which takes, you know, considerable finances and bandwidth and resources. And so, yeah, you know, it's a different, different, totally different model for us going forward in the future. Like we're going to do a little different than what we do now. Yeah. And to this day, it's always just been me opening stores. Yeah. When you see a slump in, in sales, like at one store, does, do you, do you see patterns being able to have so many units? Like if one store has a slump, is it, is it, pretty natural for the other ones to slump it during those times or is there a store that does better than all the stores it just it's it's like you know i would say that the only things that are mutually exclusive are holidays yeah in general you know whereas the city we're busy on holidays because everyone comes off and if you don't celebrate christmas you want to be down here yeah we don't open on christmas but in general like that weekend that week it's like a busy week yeah because everyone that doesn't everyone celebrate christmas back. comes to ac they're not in their homes. They're not waiting for fucking Santa Claus. They're yeah. down here okay. gambling That's and sick. hanging out, you know? So, um, you know, I would say mutual exclusivity would be to like the management, good management, management that's up on top of things and aggressive. And, you know, the markets are, are cyclical in the fact that like Hoboken sort of empties out in the summer. We keep consistent. Mm -hmm. Like Jersey City Hoboken, a lot of the people go to the shore. They have houses at the shore. They go visit their friends at the shore. They have share houses. Yeah. So it kind of clears out a little bit. School's not in session, you know, in terms of like Long Branch, it's strictly a, a, a summer market. That whole Pier Village is built for summer. AC used to be that way, but now it's pretty consistent all year round. So like if there's a slump, it's like, cause there's a holiday where there's something going on. 
or it's like the week after Christmas when everyone spent all their money. Yeah, that's a weird week. And it's just a weird week. That's a February, weird limbo week. everyone in the restaurant business says they're dead. Yeah. But for us in February, we're busy. Okay. It's weird. Like everyone's dead. Everyone's like, oh, it's the worst fucking month. Like we're getting crushed. February it's and fucking July. terrible. But like, it's not like for us, it's busy. July's our busiest month across the board. I can see that out here. Hoboken, Jersey City too. Like if people aren't going to the shore, but they're still off from school and their kids are around and they're hanging out at their house on their, like it, I don't know. And I, I, I'm a stats major in college. So like I love statistics. I love numbers. I love- well, It's nice to be able to data. get that much data over that amount of shots. Yeah. So it's interesting, but like, unfortunately there are not that many things that are easily no. correlated. Okay. Do you, do you do, have you found it easier? I mean, this is, I can probably answer this question, I but I'd like, do you find it easier with having more units in certain ways or is it just a pain in the ass totally? I mean, like do, do things get easier having more, more units? Like do your, do costs get cut with boxes I mean, or like, our, no, you think, I would think like our commissary, we take the majority of food to our commissary. Yeah. We manufacture and we distribute. Yeah. So in theory, the commissary is a great tool for consistency purposes, mm -hmm. for inventory management purposes, for reduction of maybe prep labor. Yeah. And instead of people doing prep, focusing them on, you know, customer facing action, like making pizza, working in the counter, uh, you know, executing sales rather than like making sauces and all that would get consolidated and funneled into the commissary. In reality though, the commissary is like, you know, it's a business that doesn't make money. And in time, little by little, it does benefit the stores from cost perspective. Yeah. And labor perspective. Yeah. And definitely consistency perspective. I mean, there's no question about that. Like all our sauces are exactly the same across the board. Yeah. You can't not you can't not be the same. Because they're all coming Unless, from the like, same place. Someone yeah. wanted to like poultry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like that's not the I'm case. Gonna get him. Yeah, that's not the case. So like it makes it easier in that sense. Yeah. Um but it's 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 still, still a more moving parts, and there's still more things to tackle, and especially with like customer service, you know, it's there's always things that come up. Like you know, this business is, is rough, where a customer has an idea in their head of what they want, yep. and they're like, well, I don't understand. Like, why can't I get broccoli chicken, broccoli pizza? And I'm like, well, we don't have broccoli. Now we do. I've got a roasted garlic broccoli chimichurri Caesar pizza with manchego cheese, like fucking amazing. But normally you don't have broccoli in the menu. It's, you buy it frozen. Yeah. You break the florets up, they hold water. It's like canned pineapple. I just, I don't want to do it. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't like I don't it. Need it. So people are like, I don't understand. Like, this is fucking ridiculous. And then like that one little interaction will go online on Yelp or whatever, and they'll blast you like fucking you don't want business, you know, and it's like, it's not that we don't want your business. Like, that's not what we do. And we, unless we're doing fresh broccoli, I'm not buying frozen broccoli. You know, there's very few frozen things that I'll buy in general for consistency purposes. Like broccoli is not one of them. So we just don't have chicken and broccoli pizza. And that across several locations is basically, you know, there, there's a bizarre, like that, which I personally don't really fucking care about. It, I'm not really focused on that customer. Yeah, It is headspace though. You want to make everyone happy. Of course. I'm, I'm a pleaser. It's I'm a bizarre entitlement though, that like somebody, I've talked about this before where you, you've created this space. It's all yours. Yeah. And somebody comes in 
they should be coming to enjoy Tony Bologna's, not what they get. Need help out? You sure? Yeah. Steven, can you help her outside? Can you help her out? Thank you. That's customer service right there. Five yeah. stars. We got you. We'll help you out. Thanks. Uh, so I can create, yeah, you create yeah, no, the space. They, you create, you create yeah. the space, you create the menu, you did it how you want to do it. You did it for yourself. You're, you're doing it for customers, right? right? You want them to come yeah. in and enjoy it, but you did it for yourself. They're the boss, ultimately. I, yeah, they are. Right. But the entitlement that like they don't have exactly it's like excuse me you came in here right i've provided you with this beautiful menu all this hard work and love and then it doesn't go yeah. their exact way yeah. and it's a one star for you oh yeah well not only is it one star the tough thing is that you have a customer literally Did you hear that? <laughs> i'm looking at your menu online it didn't make any sense to me. oh my god it's mad. yeah like that, that's a good example. Yeah, that's like, perfect. Cool. It's very simple. See, it's very yeah. easy to see. <laughs> you, but right, like, so this is a good example. It's like, holy shit! Like, what, what's it, you want to fucking bleed out? You want to, like, do this and bleed out? Is that is that what you like? Is, it, is this the enjoyment you want to see? It's like watching people get hit by fucking cars. Like, I know, which people like watch that, on TikTok. If dude. you like that, then yeah, it's a fucking problem. Yeah. So like. That's a good example. And yeah. It's, and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you create the space. This is what you do. You work really hard at it. Anyone's in the restaurant business, I give respect to. Because it's a tough fucking business. Yeah. It's not an easy, it's not a cakewalk. No. You gotta really enjoy it. You gotta really like it. So, with that being said, you create the space, you, you put all your hard work, effort, and everything into it. The good news is for, for us or for me is that 99, 96, 95% of people do appreciate it. They do like it and they yeah. get it. And they don't care. Uh, they get why we have to charge seven dollars. Ninety-five percent likes it. Yeah, but the the, the five percent is it's tough because the five percent they're the ones that li are living rent free in the head, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it sucks, but you know you want to make people happy. Yeah, you want to make everyone happy. I'm a, I'm at my core, I'm a pleaser. Yeah, like I like I'll tell it. everyone who knows me that I'll bend them back to anyone. I'm a pleaser. I want to make everyone happy. Yeah, if I'm in the shop, is I I make less money when I'm in the store. Yeah. I'm giving free shit. I'm talking people up. I'm juicing people up. I'm having fucking pouring olive oil down their throats. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, it's true. So, you know, I try, I try to emulate that with everyone. Yeah. But you can't please everyone. It's true. It's and from the outside in, people that aren't in the business, like, oh, fuck it, everyone. Who gives a fuck? It's not as easy as that. No, it's not. It's no. not. No. Um, your branding is pretty incredible. Like the whole brand. This is as well. Thank you. The the t-shirts, like the feeling trash. Does it say feeling trashy? Yeah. I like Jersey. Well, I like it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like. From Jersey. Yeah. Gotta... It's, it's beautiful. Um, is that something that you did yourself? Did you hire that out? Like, So I used to do all my own stuff. I worked with a guy named Ross back in the day. We first had it. We had a, a, a guy with a mustache and a hat. And it was perfect for when we first opened up and it was what it was. Um, but then uh, I started thinking about, you know, who is Tony Bologna's? What do we do? Why are we who we are? What are the things that we do that are different from other places? And it wasn't a guy with a chef's hat and a mustache. Yeah, yeah. Like, the guy I'm working with now basically said to me, it's like 10 years ago, he's like, Listen, let's do like a little bit of a study. Let me pull images from all the internet, all the different pizzerias. And it turned out that the majority of them were a guy with a fucking hat and mm -hmm. a mustache, yeah. red, white, and green. Mm -hmm. Like, 
It's me, Mario. And, yeah, and I was just like, holy shit. Like, it was a little eye-opening for me because that's not who we are. We hear shit, wild stuff. And then we started rebranding little by little and tweaking things. And like the logo we came up with was really far out. And we originally had like an Edwardian script. So I was like, let's do our own logo. Let's do our own font type. So we created our own font type. And then we made Tony Baloney still script-ish, but not so script. And like little by little, we started just progressing into that. Yeah. Some things got a little dark, which I like dark shit. Yeah. Toy Machine. I love that brand. I love weird, dark stuff. Um, I was like, I can't go that fucking dark. You know, I don't want to go too crazy. I like Satanistic shit. So like, let's have a little fun dude, with it. Let's do a little tongue-in-cheek. To you know, do a little tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. So I do tongue-in-cheek. So everything we do, like, there's these undertones of... Yeah, it's a little raunchy. Like, kind of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the pumpkin guy is a little fucking disturbed looking and for Halloween time. Yeah. If you really dig into the brand and start looking into some of the stuff, it's almost like watching, like, an adult swim cartoon. It's like, is it really for kids? Like... <laughs> Probably not. Wait, what is that? You know, like yeah, it's it, that. That's kind of what the vibe is for me. It's like tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, like nothing that harms anyone. Nothing no, too crazy. And like, there's certain things that we do that are that could definitely be offensive to people, but like the piney surprise. Yeah, like I just pictures some dude coming out of a log cabin and scared the shit out of like unsuspecting tourists that don't know anything about Jersey. Yeah, you know. But to me, it's like I'm from Jersey. I don't know. Yeah, it says indigenous. Yeah. Out there is people thought, get mad. Indigenous, like I you, thought that was pretty you know, first nations. Pretty like, no, 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 no. Like indigenous, like from where you are. Like, yeah. What we do, and this is what we do. Not indigenous for any other thing. Uh, it's just from us. Yeah. From where we emanate from. So and, and it's you know the whole thing's like fun. I mean the branding too. Like I can I could just see. I could see like fifth. I could see like fifteen hundred of these units. You know oh, what I mean? Um, has it been? AC's tough. I've always asked my wife. She's from Brigantine, and I've always asked her like, why? Why isn't AC Vegas? You know what I mean? Like to me, it had like it. It was like back in the day, and yeah. you know, I got the history lesson from my father-in-law. Yeah. But like, is it is it tough doing doing business out here at all? No, no? I mean, if you. I used to get really wrapped into the whole like us versus them with the casinos. Yeah. And I was really like salty for a long time, to tell you the truth. Whereas I go to the casinos and I would undercover. They didn't know me at the time. They didn't, I know, I know a lot of people now, but like when I first opened up or a couple years into it, or I go to the casinos and say, hey, to concierge, like, hey, like, where's a good place to get pizza? Like, oh, well, downstairs on our food court, which I get. Like, yeah. Get your pizza. Yeah. But then I'm like, nah, I want to go outside the casinos. And they're like, oh, don't do that. Like, it's really dangerous. So I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's what you're telling every customer. Probably so everyone. They in those yeah. But then I'm like, well, what about that place, Tony Bologna's? And they're like, oh, that place is the worst area. I mean, you can go there if you want. I heard they got good pizza, but like, uh, like they can't talk bad about yeah, Tony yeah, yeah. Bologna's, but like, they're also not looking to promote it. And then on top of that, they're scaring the shit out of the customers. And I would do that like once a quarter, just to, like see the, the, the temperature. Yeah. And I got really fucking salty for a minute about the casinos. I had like an internal boycott on them. I was like, fuck all these casinos. I wouldn't even step foot into them. I was so pissed off. Yeah. But then I was like, I kind of get it. And they're struggling to stay alive too. And they're struggling to employ people too. Yeah. And they're struggling to keep this massive nut. Like I had, you know, caught 10 locations. We have a shipping office in Hoboken. We ship out food nationwide. We have the, you know. Gold so Billy? Yeah. Yeah. So between all those things, like, you know, it was like 10 things on my brain, if you will. The farmer's market business and 
And but imagine what they have on their brains and the corporate structure and oversight and bureaucracy. Like I don't even know anything about that shit. I mean, I've never even worked for anyone before. Yeah, under my family business, yeah, Starbucks or my family stuff. My father yeah. and my uncle and aunt, which I learned a lot from selling at flea markets. I sold umbrellas basically at English Town Flea Market growing up. Like that's what I, I was pocket umbrellas to old ladies coming off church buses. Like I just. I learned a lot about, you know, the gift of gab and stuff. But I was like, holy shit, these casinos, like, I, I kind of get it. Yeah. I understand it. And then I changed my approach a little bit into how I work with them or how I interact with them. And I basically say anything that comes from them is, you know, uh, the cherry on top of the sundae, where the fucking term is, you know, icing on the cake or, yeah. right? It's like, it's like almost like an afterthought. And I don't even care about working with them I appreciate them. I like them. They're the reason why a lot of people come to town. Yeah. And if I get a little of that overflow, great. And over the years, the tables not turned, but like people just come to us and they get us and they're here for us. And they happen to go to a casino maybe, but they come in town and hang out with Tony Bonas and they know look where there are a couple spots and they're chilling on the beach. And like that's pretty dope. Well, full circle. Didn't you just like do a collab with Oceans? Yeah, and they were the I mean, I in the past, like Borgata, Hard Rock. Taj at the time, they've always like, we've had like Pizza Slaughter Fest. Yeah. You've, you've seen that online? No. We used to have a PT in competition. We had like, I think like 10,000 people roll through, 2010, 11, and 12. And we Man, basically- why did they bring that back? Well, I did it. It was my, it was Tony Bologna's Pizza Slaughter Fest. But why don't you and do it the again, whole dude? inlet was packed out that's with people. That sounds like an insane idea. I'll show you pictures afterwards. We had Questlove as the DJ one year. Jeez. For the roots, like, it was all for Alex Lemonade Stamp, and it got so hard to operate it. It was so expensive to the city of mercantile license. Like, it became a thing where there was like no money for the charity left, which sounds crazy. Um, but basically, they all would sponsor it. They give gift cards, they put people up resorts. Whoever wins the competition will give a free night. So they played with me a little bit. They were nice with me. Yeah. But Ocean came to me and was like, listen, like we're doing this thing. Like, we want people to come to AC and not be scared to leave and not feel like they have to be trapped. And we want yeah. to make this a resort destination. And they were like, listen, we want you to be one of the vendors and you want to sell us shit? Do you want to have your product in Ocean? Do you want, I was like, it's open. And at the time I was really busy. I was like, honestly, like we're maxed out on production for mozzarella. We're manufacturing basically all we can manufacture at this point with you know, the space that we have and time that we have. It's summertime, farmer's market, it's just a bad time. But like we can do a custom pizza for you guys in the counter. So we have a charcoal burrata, stracciatella, uh, teamed up with Hank sauce. And they were all about it. They promoted the shit out of it. They were pumped about it. They gave us an order for 300 pizzas one day. That's they 80 sick. pizzas, sending all their high rollers and players. Like That's great. Oh, they were all in. It was fucking amazing. That's great. You know, which was great. And I used to make mozzarella for a lot of their restaurants when they first opened up. So are you hand, are you hand stretching that or do you have a do you have a machine making your mozzarella? Two, yeah, both. Okay, because yeah, most places that have machines they basically extrude it. Yeah, yeah. Just let it rock. Yeah, like I extrude it for purposes of consistency. And you're making your own curd and too. We, you're no, not even like buying no, curd. No, no, that was like <laughs> I can't say. Well, that's well that and that was like and, and, that's where my brain almost went. Yeah, if I went that route, I probably would have lost everything. Like I was about to try to buy. You know, into all those machines that or to no, make like 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 a a, a a pasteurizer. Yeah. You know, I was going to buy a pasteurizer. I was going to get to buying raw milk. Like, I would have needed ten thousand square feet for what I wanted to do. Yeah. Two thousand square feet. So 
between all those things, it literally, like, if I went down that road... Probably wouldn't end it well. Probably not. No. I mean, that's, like some, that's some real shit. Yeah. It's a different business. And even in Italy, I mean, I'm in Italy four times a year. Even there, that's a separate business. Like, if you're a, a small dairy, <clears throat> you know, you probably sell to a company that pasteurizes and makes curd, who probably sells to someone that makes pasta filata. If you're all in one shop, you're really local, you're really small, you're kind of like a hometown sort of thing. Yeah. It's just a different animal. Yeah. So luckily I didn't go that route. But also that was the, that was the first goal. It's like, well, let me just your wheel. up with it. Yeah. Yeah, like everything. Yeah. Like vertically integrated, top to bottom. Yeah. That's, a, that's, some, that's some crazy shit. That's some crazy shit. <laughs> so I focus on, you know, pasta filata, stretch curd, yeah. We do burrata, we do chachatella, we do scamorza, all like pasta, filata, driven cheeses. <clears throat> we didn't get the like, age, hardcore aging, provolone or cavallo. Like to me, that's a different animal too. Of course. Yeah. Cause you need space too. You need space for yeah. that. Like to me, it's, that's not really what we focus on. Do you, so, uh, switch gears? Do yeah. you, do you, do you do your own Instagram? We do more Instagram internally. We work with some people sometimes. So sometimes, like people come to us and want to do collaborations. Sometimes the power power hits us up. Yeah, we want to come in and do a shoot, and we're doing some cool shit. But most part, it's us. Is it you, or do you hire it out? So depends. Yeah, sometimes in, sometimes out. Okay. Yeah. Like, like your like, like your day to day Instagram is that? Hey, you see me yeah. out there. Hey, what's yeah, yeah, up? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's up, everyone? Wu Tang is coming to town. <laughs> we're, we're doing this and that. Yeah. And, you know. And because, I, honestly, I would love to do it more. I'd love to be on that more. Yeah. It just does take up a lot of headspace. It does. And it, it does. With like, you know, do you, are you guys on TikTok too? I mean, fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy on TikTok. So between everything, like, you know, we have like, you know, about 100 employees across the board. And my obligation comes down to, you know, I'm responsible for a lot of fucking families and a lot of mouths. So I got to sh- make sure the ship's sailing in the right direction. And yeah. If I get a chance, I'll hop on a, say some stupid shit or. Yeah. I'll get a chance to, you know, my menu, like my, the menu, I lock myself away for like two weeks. Like if I know a new menu's coming out. Yeah. I How often do you change that menu? Every quarter. Like completely? No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Like, but there's just some special three stuff. Subs, three pizzas, but like, you know, to me, I have an arsenal of like over a thousand different ideas, but I'd love to put every one of them on the fucking Of course. Menu. Dude, do you That's have, tough. do you have like a, do you have somebody who slows you down? Like, who's like, dude, Mike, like, Let's let's save this for next quarter or like yo that idea is way too fucking over, crazy. Over the years, I've had some people yeah. that have tried to slow me down, but the problem is, to be honest, the problem is that like if you tell me no, it makes you want to go hard. No, 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 not even that. No, I I'll, I'll back off. If you tell me no, like you just gotta give me a reason. You can't just tell me no. Okay. You can't say you can't do that. Yeah. Like my food supplier, you can't make your own sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, why? Like, because no one makes their own sauce. Like that's not a good enough answer for me. Yeah. If it's Mike, you cannot buy half a million dollars worth of equipment and try to finance it over the course of five years. Yeah. And the reason why is because every single month it's going to cost you $8,000 plus, 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 yeah. which means that you need to do X amount of business. Then I'm like, oh, like yeah, that's right. a good point. Yeah. Wow. That's some scary shit. Yeah. Like, but that's different. You just got to have the facts behind it. Yeah. That's why behind. not so to any, do it. Anyone, you, any of my employees, anyone on our team, anyone that tells me whatever, just give me a reason. Yeah. And I'm all ears. I love criticism. I love, I, I love when I'm wrong. Like I know I don't know everything. So you know, help me sharp my toolkit a little bit. Tell me, you know, what's going on. Yeah. And I, I'm down to listen. But if you just tell me no, and you're like, because, like, oh, forget that it. It's fucking you. on. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Like it's on. Do you, are you, how much, how often are you in all the shops? 
I mean, I'm do in every just, single store every single week. Yeah. At least, I'm in Hoboken, Jersey City, I'm in there at least once, twice a week. Um, it's partly floating around, it's partly some quant and some, you know, admin stuff, making sure everyone's on task. And at, these, at this point, are most of your stores kind of, uh, are they automated with like great management teams and like really like you're, you're out of scheduling, you're out of like those kind of things, you're not doing payroll. Like, oh no, oh yes. You are doing those things. Like, like my wife helped, had to step in as we grew because, you know, the management we have on board is awesome. All of our shops, Oscar in Jersey City, Kareem and Edward up in Hoboken, we in the kitchen, and Benito in Jersey City, <coughs> Ahmed in Long Branch. Uh, we have Luis and uh, Basilio in uh, Margate store, Atlantic City, you got Yanelli and Fernando, Commissary, we got Susie, like great management. But at the same time, like, there's certain tasks and things that they're really good at. Yeah. And there's other things that I don't really care if they're so good at. And I've had directive operations in the past. Um, it's probably more the fact that I don't really know how to, what to properly tell them to do to get them to where they need to be. Yeah. And they end up just like helping on the counter or, or like they happen to get payroll done. Whereas to me, it's like, no, like you need to just do payroll. So I have an office manager and bookkeeper and a lot of those other like auxiliary tasks, like payroll, <clears throat> my wife helps me out with and we kind of keep a little close to the chest so I can identify things and say like, all right. So, so like, are, you, so you're, are you personally still running payroll for the whole I, company? Well, I check it out. That's a fucking yeah, lot of work. Before it goes I mean, in. I mean, <laughs> I have like maybe 30 employees to worry about. No, no. So between like, you know, almost 100 employees, yeah. every single payroll, like before it gets submitted, I need to look at it because I catch things. Like, like Luis, my guy in uh, Margate store, he's been with me for 10 years. He's not on salary. He's an hourly employee. He doesn't want a management position. He's just really good in the kitchen. He's really good at, you know, prop line process and cooking and whatever. And that's what he does. Yeah. He's been free for years. So we took vacation and I give him two weeks vacation like anyone else. And I pay him 40 hours basically. But that's something that I do. Yeah. So we ran payroll and he forgot to get paid. Yeah. You know, or would have forgotten to get paid, but at the end, before we get submitted, I'm like, what about Luis? Like, he doesn't have any hours. Yeah. Like, well, we're gonna pay him 40 hours. Do you, do you, do you, do you offer paid vacation here? If you're, if you're in a managed position, yeah. and you're on salary, yeah. I give two weeks paid. Has it been tough? Has, has it been tough hiring or finding those, those like key members? I mean, I feel like the more senior members I'm looking for. Yeah. It's not something, a world that I come from. So I'm not gonna mention any names of other places, but like I'm friendly with a lot of the, some brands that are regional, some companies that have facilities in like 26 states, you know, and they're always giving me advice and I wanna hear it. Like, what do you do with your management? How does it work? And, and different layers, like I didn't come from that world. Yeah. So I'm hiring sometimes out of need or necessity and to fit a specific role. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the higher, I guess it gets, I don't maybe sometimes know what I'm looking for. Yeah. And I, the, my first inclination is, are you a good person? Yeah, of course. And can you learn? And you, we want to listen and learn. And if that's the case, we'll learn together and we'll figure out a role together. Yeah. So, you know, between those things, it, it, it's not so pigeonholed in, in that. So with, with that respect, with like higher level management, yeah, I probably struggle with that a little more. But it was like pizza making and grill and cooks. Like, I feel like we got it dialed in enough where we can kind of understand someone's 
propensity to learn or not. Yeah, you you can you can usually walk into a shop and kind of like see. Like you can feel the vibe. It seems like everyone was is, like we walked in. Everyone's having a good time back there too. Yeah, they're all chill. You know what like, I mean? I'm not. I'm not a crazy micromanager. Yeah. Like enough that you know I like unit economics, so I like to dive into the numbers. I like to dive into pizza and the unit economics of a sub and like what's a loss leader, what's not. Like <clears throat> I love that data. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, I try not to be too micromanaging yeah. and say, listen, however we get to the solution, I'm into. Yeah. Like you gotta live and die by the health department. Yes. We got to live and die off of recipe and what we do. We got to live and die off of customer service and say yes to people. And no problem. Okay, let me check. Like, you know, it's in our handbook. Yeah. If you don't know something, you can tell a customer to their face, I have no fucking idea, but I'm going to go find out. Yeah, I'll it's figure in our out. handbook. Yeah, that's it's great. in our corporate, like, employee handbook. They have to sign it. I have no fucking idea, but I'll find out the answer. Yeah. So the customer doesn't walk away angry, confused, or maybe you just genuinely don't know. Maybe it's your first fucking day. And everyone's busy and you're yeah. by yourself, you know? So I try to give them a little, everyone a little more, you know, room or leeway and not be on top of everyone. Yeah. I don't want to be a robot. I want them to enjoy themselves and talk shit with their friends. And it's very, that's a very hard thing. I think for a lot of owners to do is not like you, I've walked in this, I've done it myself too, where I'm, I'm micromanaging and I don't, and I have to be like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah. you know, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like, I have to apologize. Well, well, there's certain things that like I'll do over the years or I've done over the years, but like, let's say I'm hot about something. Maybe a customer that's been there every single day or every single week for five years comes in and gets a bad experience. And it could just be a one-off. Like we make mistakes, things happen. Yeah. And I'll come in hot and I have to catch myself because I'm like, yo, why the fuck is, and then you know, it's like, it's like the health department. Yeah. They come in and see one bad thing. Yeah. They're going in hard. Yeah, I know. They I go get, harder. They yeah. go harder. <clears throat> which I get because you know they want to make sure and if one little thing is off then maybe a lot of things are off I know so it's that trickle down effect yeah of course yeah. so for me I come and see one weird thing I know then you see you see nine others dude and, and it's tough with, with you know a shop having 20-30 employees yeah. let's just say in, in on season I have to really rely on my management and maybe dial them in a little bit and say hey listen come here guys like listen this is what I'm seeing yeah. before I go in you go fucking crazy Let's go over your checklist one more time. Let's go over operational counter checklist, kitchen checklist. Let's just put a pause for five minutes on everything. Phones, you name it. Yeah. No one's gonna know, no one's gonna care. Five minutes is no big fucking deal in the big picture. And I want you to focus on those things. I'm gonna go cool for five minutes. I'm gonna come back and let's see what's going on. Yeah. And 10 times out of 10, I'm like 10 times out of 10, I come back and those things that are catastrophic we're all fixed. We're all fucking fixed. Yeah. And ultimately, they're not catastrophic. Yeah, of course. The customer would probably have no idea that one salt was a little drier because, you know, like, yeah. they, they wouldn't even fucking know. But I know. Of course. And that's enough to make me fucking crazy. I, yeah. But in reality, if you know this business and you're in this business, you also appreciate the hard work that goes into doing this business. Yeah. The people that you work with or, or work for you or work with you or whatever you want to call it. You gotta fucking grind and you yeah. gotta bust your ass. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately it's like, there's gotta be some leniency on that side where you're like, you know what? We're not robots. We're not, you know, beep bop, boop bop, bop, and everything's gonna be, you know, rhythmic. Yep. There are certain things that are a little nuances that just need to be worked on. There's communication, that's team building. And, you know, then you then you, you back yourself off and you're like, all right, it's not the end of the world. It's no big fucking deal. Yeah, I just need to chill out. Let's all fucking yeah. put our hands exactly. in. Exactly. Let's go Let's back. And out. then it's good, yeah, no yeah, big yeah. deal. And then they, they, they excel yeah. and they exceed and 
you know, like, like any other business, there's always weird shit that happens. There's always things that go on. Yeah. But and being understanding and like calm in those moments too, when it kind of yeah, that goes a long way. So many people just can fly off the handle. I've worked with people that just and it never did anything. It just oh. ma- it makes everyone feel like shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like and, and ultimately if I get to that point, which I really don't I haven't gotten to that point in probably five years. Yeah. Even with COVID, like I had to really tame myself down because COVID was a shit show. Yes. But, but yeah. I mean, I don't care what PPP you took. I don't care what EIDL you took. Yeah. Like, still a shit show. Uh-huh. And, you know, I had to back myself off a lot of times just take a breath, which helped me a lot. And now it's like, if you want everyone on the same page, it's just, to me, more learning, more training, more process. And if someone's not ready for the register, then, like, they shouldn't be answering the phone. Totally cool. Yeah. You sit back and watch, and in a day or two, days, if you can't get it, maybe it's not the right job for you. Yeah, maybe it's not the right fit. It's not the right fit. Yeah. But before you start answering the phones or helping the customer that you have no idea what you're talking about, let's just learn a little bit. Yeah. And I'll pay for that. I'll invest in you yeah. if you invest in, in us. Yeah. That's a two-way road. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, before I forget, what's the story with this sign? So this, this sign, piece of work. This sign came from a place in Pleasantville, New Jersey, and it was a used restaurant equipment supplier. Guy's name is Pepe Leo. He's still around. He doesn't do equipment anymore, but he's still around. And Pepe father, Leo? Pepe Leo. Okay. And Sounds like a Don. Yeah. Yeah, he's, Don he's, yeah, he's wild, this guy. So he had a equipment warehouse, and he sold us a bunch of used equipment for this store when we first opened up. And this was sitting in his window. It was all dust and crap all over it. Like, you could barely make it out, but it was enough that you could tell, like, welcome to Atlantic City. Yeah. And I asked him, yo, can we, can we buy this? No. My father asked him, yo, can we buy this? He said, no. Yo, sell it to us. He's like, nah, it's a piece of shit. It's all broken down. Like, I'm not selling it. It's cool for my window. Like, we'll, we'll buy it. He's like, you don't want to buy this. But you could tell, like, he would sell it. He just was trying to, yeah. just like, I don't. Go get like, fucked. Yeah. Dude, Buzz like, off. Get the fuck out of here. And my father had like, a really funny rapport with them. They were bullshit. So my father one day was like, yo, you know what? Let's just go fucking just like gank you. I was like, really? My father's wild. My father's <laughs> he sounds crazy. like a crazy guy, dude. It's just good. This thing is does not look like an easy thing to steal. My father's got thick skin, like, you know, he's got been in weird situations, like nothing gets him excited. Like we tried to rob him, he'd just be like, dude. Whatever. What the fuck is what's wrong with you? Like he's got it. Yeah. And he told the guys like, yo. Told me, he's like, yo, let's, let's just take it. It's like, really? So he went, we got a pickup truck, threw the back of the pickup truck, and we took it out of his front window. We left 600 bucks on his desk, and we just went. <laughs> and the next day, he was like, oh yeah. And the next day, he was like, Stephen, throw some more pepper on your ranch on that? Thank you. Um, the next day, was like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Thank you. And we're like, yeah, like, we knew, like, fucking take the money. Like, yeah. What's wrong with you? And we cleaned it up, put it on the wall, and a historian came in here and told us it was like 100 years old or something. And I was like, I don't think so, because the diving horse was from like the 1920s or the 30s. So, like, there's certain things in here that like weren't from like 1890. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not true, but like, it, it definitely is old. It came from something weird, but we didn't know. We had another story come in. It was like, oh, it's probably from like the late 30s, early 40s, because that place was there, but 
that place. But like, where was it? Where like, where was it hanging originally? Guy walks in a couple years later, and he's like, "Yo, oh, that's cool. You guys still have that? Yeah, I remember when I painted it. What? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I painted twelve of these. He was a stagehand art department for Harris." Caesars or whatever it was, they had a massive warehouse out in Pleasantville. They painted 12 of these for Ocean One Casino Pier, yeah. which was the Ocean One Mall in Atlantic City. And it was all around the golf cart, a uh, golf course, mini golf and go-karts. Yeah. And this plus 11 other ones that were of, you know, similar vibe, yeah. he painted. And he had them hanging in there. And this was one of them that got saved. The rest of them, no fucking idea. They're probably all destroyed. And uh, I was like, holy shit. He's like, yeah, it's. So how old is it actually? Like 30 years old? It's like, it's like 19, like 87 or <laughs> I don't know, 1992, 1995. Yeah. I don't know. Not, not too crazy. The tightest story about that is you guys just. Yeah, and, and, but the best part about it is this one story. This one guy, Boo, Bur uh, Boo, Boo Pergament, came in. This place used to be called Pergaments back in the turn of the century. It was like a nickel and dime, five and dime or something like that. There's a place called Bums and Bums across the street, which is like a well-known grocery drugstore. And this became this guy, Mike, who's a Greek guy that used to put mayo in his hair and drink wine and give people from the neighborhood like the Euro cutters yeah. to fight each other. Like he was a wild dude. Wow, okay. So like I knew about that and I knew about those things, but this guy came in and was like, actually, and he gave me a little history of like the building. He gave me a history of like this. He's like, that is not that old. I'm telling you right now, just like the pictures here and the frame, like, no, it's gotta be like, I don't know, 30 years old. Yeah. It's before the guy walked in. I yeah. was like, really? He's like, yes, I'm telling you, this is not that fucking old. But the first guy was like, oh yeah, you got a relic in your hands. You should contact Warlock Empire at the time. Yeah. I contacted them like, oh, this would be dope to put in there. But the Diamond Horse wasn't there yet. And I was like, I don't know, man. This historian's telling me that this is like directly in line with like Nucky, Nucky Johnson, Nucky Thompson. He was like, no. No, that ain't it. That ain't it. it. Like, you're out of your mind. But we kept it. So this store is the only one that has this. Well, it's a sick ass sign. So we kept Regardless. it. Regardless. Yeah. And it still and it's has still a really great on story. It's not really brand yeah. per se, but I don't care. I own the building. This is our first shop. Yeah. It's been 10 years since day one. You know. Yeah. It's going to stay here. It's going to look like a great background in this podcast. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Um, is there a failure uh, that you could share, a big failure during your career that like really helped you grow? Um, I mean, I feel like you're always getting hit with some kind of failures. Yeah. It could be like a sub that doesn't come out properly or pizza that's not like the way you wanted it. Yeah. The pizza maker knows exactly how to make it but for whatever reason. They just... We're like, ah, you know, so like, come out, right? Right. Like, just, yeah. Like it's that big of a deal. It's like, oh yeah. Like that, that looks nothing like our pizza. Oh yeah. yeah. But it's still okay. When you really break it down, it's like, yeah, it's fucking food and you can eat it in your mouth. But, like that's not your brand. That's yeah. not what yeah. you do. Like you're vegan, right? The, the pizza. Uh, mostly. Like, yeah. Vegan. Mostly. Yeah. So imagine if you're, if you're a guy who made sausage, just put like sausage into the sauce because that's how he likes his sauce. And you're like, whoa, like, yo, people can't yeah. eat it. Like, but he doesn't understand because he's like, he's like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, it's fucking tasty. Yeah. Like, no, I know, but like, our customers don't eat meat. Like, yeah. yeah, but I'll put chicken instead. It's like, no. No, like, you don't get it. No, you don't like, so like those little fairs. Yeah, over the years, like I've definitely had some hard knocks. I've had some hard hits. This shop got decimated in Sandy. 
Oh, did, did it? Here. Yeah. Oh, God. All, all, we had to replace all of our equipment. I mean, totally wiped out. Where I basically had to start from, from scratch. You know, I've, I've been in some, you know, partnerships over the years and tried to expand with some guys that own nightclubs and stuff. And it just didn't. It wasn't the right fit, which set me back a little bit and, you know, humbled me a little bit in terms of understanding and realizing, you know, people's intentions. And good intentions, just not the same yeah, it's yours. not the same goal, not the same, you know, um, motivation. So with that, and then, you know, in terms of, of failures, it's like, it's got to feel growth for me. You know, I'm not trying to shrink. Yeah. Forget money wise and forget like growth for the company, just professionally and like mentally, I want to grow. Yeah. I want to learn. I want to get better at what I do. It could be little small steps. It could be learning some knowledge, like at Pizza Expo maybe. There's always things to learn. There's veterans that have been in the business forever that would probably come into my operation and just be like, what the fuck are you doing? And, and you know, save me money and or efficiency or quality. Like there's always things to learn. Yeah. So in that respect, you know, I feel like every day I'm taking some kind of hit. I'm learning some kind of lesson from something. Yeah, that's- And the goal is just to not do it again. Yeah. To get better at it. Yeah. That's the uh, life of a business owner, constantly yeah. struggling. Yeah, and like, you know, there's there's certain things like capital improvement-wise or like heavy asset-wise that I've like taken the dive on and I've really gone in on the hardcore things like this Variovac machine that I bought because we were starting a wholesale mozzarella. This Variovac machine's like a $200,000 investment. It's a fucking serious machine, but you can't do wholesale mozzarella if you're hand wrapping it. And if you do, the shelf life is shit. The bacteria that's in the bowl that you're wrapping is gonna get weird yeah you can't get it into a grocery store if that's the goal you can't distribute the specialty stores so i had to take that dive it's a it's a fucking hard Punch lesson gut, yeah. to learn but the goal is that we grow and eventually it pays off yeah well so, with anything with any store with any investment yeah and and not having fear in those failures you know because yeah. hopefully they don't happen again yeah, I mean, any failures for you that you... Yes. I mean, opening up a, a, the restaurant, the Hot Tongue, was a huge failure because I did it. I, everything went wrong. It was my... Uh, I just didn't know the fuck I was doing. Yeah. And I spent way too much money, and now it's just a giant, giant hole that will take years to, to, to pay itself back or be profitable because I didn't think about logistics how much things were going to actually cost yeah and i was i was just well i was way over my head well put it this way like when we opened up jersey city so it kind of reminded me as you're telling me this jersey city store we had a model in mind we have numbers in mind and that store like we have certain metrics that we want to hit but that wasn't the goal the goal was just duplicating what we normally did in hoboken or atlantic city and we dumped in i think five hundred and fifty thousand dollars mm-hmm. to open that store yep I opened Hoboken for $125,000. Yes. I did the tile work. I did the floors. Me and my father. We had a guy at Mike from Atlantic City that helped us out with drywall. Like, we just did everything. Everything included, including equipment. Used equipment. $125,000. I partnered up with some guys and we're like, let's do it right. Let's do it like corporate right, which I'm down for. Yeah. I don't know about that shit. So to me, it's like, well, then we have to get this equipment and this tile and blah, blah. And, and you know, it took super long and relying on architects and other people that maybe didn't care as much. Yeah. And $550,000 later, we have a store. Yeah. It's a fucking huge hole to crawl out of. Yeah. And we're still crawling out of it in Jersey City. Yeah. Like, it's wild to think like that. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's 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 a, pretty much the same story, except it and was, your goal is to make it nice and on brand and good for your customers and yeah. to produce pizza. Yeah, and if you dialed it back and started from scratch again, I'm sure you. Would it was like, just I'm, somebody's from Zach from Prime Pizza said that like if it doesn't make my pizza taste better, then I'm not going to spend money on it. You know, it's but true. it's like. That's a tough thing to... It is because I'm like a super... I like the vibe. I I do like the architecture. I do want it to be this different space. But I think that like I got caught up and I was like, you know, and when you you design a store, right? It's kind of like one of those things. They're designing all this shit and then they don't give you the pay, like how much everything's going to cost until you get to the bid. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this... Uh, countertop 40 grand yeah it's like why didn't anyone when we were designing this yeah why did someone not say hey you know this can be 40 g's but, right but isn't it also a little bit of a head trip though in, the, in that vein that you do look at other places or people that do seemingly do that stuff inconsequentially and it works for them or it seemingly works for them yeah and you try to do that and you're like well it's a fucking countertop and you're like holy shit what the fuck People actually spend money and the answer is, I don't know, because maybe they don't. And maybe they, they are scrappy and they bootstrap it or maybe their cousin is the one that does it. Yeah. And a lot of businesses over the years that I've learned to take that point by a countertop, so you never really know what goes on behind the scenes. You know, I had a friend that was that was a huge to gambling and he had you know very successful businesses, but his businesses were all funded by his gambling profits. And the business really never made money. It wasn't a legal thing. Yeah. It just it was like, and that was his lifestyle, and that's how he employed his family and whatever. But like, the business never made money. And yeah. You would go in there; it was cheap, and you're like, and it was you know, expensive shit and tons of staff. And me being in the business, I was always like, what the fuck? But then you <laughs> learn like, that wasn't his business. Yeah. Some people have trust funds, and this is a you never know. You never you never know. know. You never know. And and you know, over the years, I've tried to get slicker with that kind of stuff. And, be you know <clears throat> a little more realistic with build outs. My first inclination is to get epoxy floors and like do it right. But in like a Montreal factory, my father was like, dude, what are you doing? You're gonna spend 25 grand on epoxy floors? Like, we'll get someone in here, we'll get some tile guys, yeah, we'll go to Home Depot, yeah, we'll be in and out of here for five grand. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but it's not gonna he's like, dude, if I told you that you'd have $20,000 in your hand cash right now with a floor that works. Yeah, but in the future, he's like, then you tackle that in the future. Would you take 20 grand? And the answer, and the floor is gonna work fine? Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. Yeah, give me the 20K. But Jersey City, like I'm sure with you, you were just like, well, it's gonna work and hopefully get the customers and they pay off and you realize the amount of hole or debt or whatever, and you're like, holy shit, like, Wait, what's it going to take to pay that off? How many fucking years? Yeah. How many pizzas? It's suffocating. Holy and, shit. And, and this is something Uber that no... 30%? Yeah, I know. It's like, like, it's, it's like, it's like this. Like trying to crawl out wild. of the hole. That's wild. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, listen, you got to push forward and you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You got to be confident in your product. And, of course. And, 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 you know, steadfast in, in the process. Yeah. And you just, I mean, the, the biggest... I love lessons that, that cost a, a ton of money and yeah. heartache and anxiety. Oh, you know, yeah. Those are my favorite lessons. Yes. <laughs> the ones that are like, where's the Xanax, you know? Dude, but, I'll tell you, COVID, and not to bring up COVID again, but COVID was like a, a huge eye-opener for me. Yeah. Because any little cracks in my business, any little thing that I thought I had my head wrapped around, yeah. or any little thing that I thought didn't really fucking matter. Like, it doesn't give a shit. Like, it is what it is, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, 
to actually figure those things out during COVID it was wild. Yeah. Because everything was just coming down and to work with masks on and to work with customers, limited menu, and then riot, skyrocketing food costs. And like, it was a huge- It was a rodeo. It was, a, it was, oh my God, it was the craziest shit. Yeah. And I, and I, I had like this thing where nothing really shakes me too much, you know? But every day I feel like this business and I'm sure if you're an operator out there that does this all day and has 300 locations, whatever, you're probably, this guy's out of his fucking mind. But like, I walk through the day, used to anyway, where like a scary fucking clown constantly with a machete jumps at me and like, oh shit, like everything, like could be a customer thing or, or make pizza or how come the pizza guy didn't show up? Or how come you're not wearing a hat? And like, whatever those things were, and this business is a rough one. Yeah. So to me, it was like a scary fucking clowns jumping at me all day long with a machete. Yeah. And I've had to learn how to just fucking mush them. Like, psh, psh. Yeah, what's worth your energy? And COVID taught me like, almost like how to fucking mush the scary clown. Yeah. Because if not, like, caught and was fucking dead. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I can feel that. I, I did. I like literally started reading like self-help books during COVID, dude. Oh, yeah. And I like, haven't stopped because it was... Oh, yeah. It was a lot of like looking in the mirror and figuring, yeah. figuring out how to and, and, and rework this. Yeah, and, and, and you know, for you, a store and like <laughs> dumping all the money into it and whatever. Like, there's always ways to finagle it. There's always finance options. There's always, but yeah. in reality, I come from like a bootstrapping background. I don't have crazy investors. I don't take out crazy loans. Yeah, and it was. It's literally either way. Any way you cut it, you still got to pay back. Or there's still a deficit of this. Or there's still that investment. Yeah, and you got to figure out how to fucking do it. Yeah. Because it's a business. Yeah. You know? Shit or get off the pot. Shit or get off the fucking pot. All sure. right. We're at the uh, the final most important question. Yeah. And this is, what is the greatest band or artist of all time? Oh, my God. I mean, it's pretty simple for me. Mm -hmm. It's not a hard question at okay. all. I mean, I would say Gangstar. All right. For so many reasons. Rest in peace. One, one of which, who I think is just great lyricist and... He just vibes to the beat. And the beat, of course, is the greatest DJ producer of all time, DJ Premier. Mm -hmm. And you can't not have an amazing fucking song if he's on it. It could be ASAP Ferg, it could be whoever he's working with, Nas, like, who's in the call tonight? He's not, yeah. not, you know? And I love Wu-Tang, I love the RZA, I love Led Zeppelin, and I mean, I can go on for hours, but like, Gangstar? Hell yeah. And just where it trickles down and what it's come to and what it's influenced. It's just, I don't know. That's, that's it. Yeah. Gangstar. Respect. All right, Mike, where do and, we go? And I met Guru in Italy and chilled out with him. Wait, you, you hung out with him? He walks into a bar. In Italy? In Florence. I lived there for like a year. Firenze. Firenze. And, and we're at this place called Andromeda, which was like, it was this like, basically all American students hanging out and, and chilling out. And this dude walks in and me and my boy Nick, who's from Brooklyn, were like, oh shit, no one else had any idea. No one else knew who the fuck he was. He's walking by everyone. People are, you know, no big deal. And he was with this girl. And I walked up to him and I was like, yo, you're the fucking man. Let me tell you something. That new joint you just dropped, which was uh, just because I want to, it don't mean I will. Just because you're angry, I don't mean I kill. Just because I look good, it don't mean I'm with it. I forget what song was that. It doesn't matter. He just dropped it. And he was on tour with uh, 
Jasmine Taz, Guru, Jet, whatever. Uh-huh. And we started bullshitting. We hung out all fucking night, just drinking, hanging out. And the next day, he was at the local coffee shop on the corner where I lived. And we popped in, he's like, oh shit, yo, what's up? We, again. And he was with some, some girl, I don't think, I don't know if it was girlfriend. Yeah. And he was like, like, you gotta fucking go over there. And he chilled out. So that plus Dude, that's the fact tight. that he said- That's a tight-ass yeah. story. Um, of all places, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all places. He was on tour. With, with uh, Guru Jasmine. Well, that's a, there, there's, a, there's a rare moment of when you do have time on tour to just hit a club or- yeah, he just chill the fuck yeah, out. Chill he's out. just hanging out. There was no kind of. He was in a rush, and the girl he was with, he was like, "Yeah, you gotta fucking later. You gotta chill." Yeah, I'm hanging out with like my fans, the boys, dude. Yeah, it was great. Uh, where should people go to get in touch with you to reach out? Instagram, but probably the best to see some of the most. I mean, Instagram for sure. Mike at TonyMalonis.com. Yeah, anyone can email me. I don't care. Yeah, we do pizza making classes. We do virtual classes. We ship out kits all the place. Do big corporate classes. I do every class. I tell people they have me in perpetuity. Any questions about pizza? Any questions about whatever it is? Like I'm an open book. Find me, Mike at TonyBlowings.com. Do you get a lot of it? Like do people reach out and be like, "Yo, dude, like how are you doing this? Like how how did you?" The, be- the you best know? is when I'm on a, I'm a pizza class. It's a private class, and I'm up there and I'm doing my thing. Yeah. And we ship out kits. Let's say like 500 people. Yeah. And it's for like CDW, which is a big client of ours. Through a company called Events by M, and we'll do a class. It's like 500 people on the end that have our pizza kids. Thanks, man. Take care. Um, and we're up there, we're doing our thing. And then someone during the class, they're like, yo, why the fuck are you doing this right now? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, why are you here with us? What do you, you have nothing better to do? Yeah. Do a teacher fucking pizza class. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Which yeah. maybe is a problem. Maybe I should be doing something else. But I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I think it's pretty sick. I enjoy doing it. I have fun with 500 fucking people that we just shipped out kits to. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's good money, obviously. And it's expansion of brand and people like it. And I'm teaching you how to make pizza. Do you know how to make pizza? Raise your hand. Half people don't know. All right, good. So let's have some fun with it. Where am I supposed to be? Like, oh, I guess so. But you're a busy guy. I'm like, I'm not too busy for this. I'm yeah. not too busy for my customers. I'm not too busy to work behind the counter or help out or teach people how to make pizza. Like, Right. I don't know. What the fuck else would I do? Sit Answer a question. Like, yeah. I'm not that guy. Yeah. Never been that guy. Yeah. Like, Which also gets me in trouble sometimes. <laughs> I bet. Your wife's like, are you ever coming home? She, she's like, yo, like, what the, what, what, how come payroll's crazy? I'm like, listen, Luis is on vacation last week. Yeah, but he's not on payroll. Yeah, I know, but I'm paying him for two weeks vacation a year. But what are you talking about? Did you agree to that? Is there a written contract? No, it's fucking Luis, though. Yeah, and I love shitty. him. Yeah. Jesus. Like, so, I get know. those looks all the time. Like, are you, are you what? It's all right, though. Yeah. Keep it moving. That's right. Dude, thank you so much for your time. This yeah. has been awesome. Appreciate we it. We didn't even get into like the catering or like the farmer's markets, really. But we, we but, do uh, catering. We do fresh mozzarella. We make it. We do farmer's markets. I'm in Sicily harvesting olive oil. We pick it, press it. We smoke hash and drink wine for two weeks. Two donkeys, Old Stone. We grind it up, put it in vats within six to eight hours. So it's fucking fresh. We soak smoked olives and chilies and whatever else in it, pull it out. That's how you get the spicy oil. When are you going to get that all? When is that going to be nationwide, dude? If there wasn't a crazy drought yeah. all throughout Europe yeah. and production this year was less than half of what it was last year, I don't even think I can afford to sell it wholesale. Which is fucking crazy. So watch out for olive oil prices and oil prices in general. They're, oh, they're already going roof. up. Yeah, yeah. we're going through the fucking roof. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Prices are going up, ladies and Prices gentlemen. Prices are going up. Today's price is not 
Yesterday's price. What is that? Fat Joe. Yeah, yeah. Fat Joe. He's the man. Shout out to Fat Joe. I've been on like three TV shows with him. He's been in my shop a couple times. He lives in North Jersey. He's the fucking man. So Fat Joe, shout out. There you go, Fat Joe. Later. Dude, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys.